you for tuning in to another episode of the Teen Gen Talks podcast, where the goal is to empower the youth of Glendale and connect youth to community resources, individuals, and organizations through interviews and discussions. I'm your host, Melissa. And I'm Desiree. And we had the pleasure of talking to Chad Lucas. Chad is a proud descendant of the historic African Nova Scotian community of Lukesville. He has worked as a newspaper reporter, communications advisor, freelance writer, part-time journalism instructor, and parenting columnist. Chad has written two different books titled Thanks a Lot Universe and Let the Monster Out. With the first story being named a Junior Library Guild Gold Standard Selection and the best middle grade book of 2021 by the School Library Journal, New York Public Library, and Canadian Children's Book Center. He also enjoys his cup of tea along with basketball. We hope you enjoy the interview. Thank you, Chad, for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss. All right. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So to start off the interview, I want to ask you about your love for writing and storytelling. What specifically drew you to these two avenues? Sure. I was always a kid who read a lot uh, and I, I particularly loved an author named Gordon Corman. He's a Canadian writer. Uh, he's written a lot of middle grade fiction in particular. And so I, and his books are very, very funny. So I read them a lot as a kid, and would just get them out over and over from the library and laugh and laugh. Uh, but he was also someone who, he published his first book when he was 14 years old. Uh, so when I was a kid, I thought, hey, if he could do it, maybe yeah. I can do it. So, you know, it kind of got me into writing. Now it took me a lot longer than 14 to publish my first book, but uh, that kind of sparked my love of, of writing as well. So you know, even from a young age, I was, I was trying to do a lot of writing, whether short stories or a little fiction or whatever it was, but yeah, really, really always enjoyed writing. So you have worked as a newspaper reporter, communications advisor, freelance writer, part-time journalism instructor, and parenting columnist. What did each of these professions teach you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, when I, I guess by the time I got to high school, I realized, you know, not everybody becomes a best-selling author before they're done high school. <laughs> like you know, We're not all Gordon Corman. Uh, so, you know, I started to think about what else could I do to make a living as a writer? And journalism was kind of the, the one that seemed the most sort of feasible to me at the time. So I, I, I went to journalism school here in Halifax. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia, kind of east coast of Canada. Um, and so I, I started working on a newspaper shortly after I graduated. Uh, did a lot of sports writing, actually, which was really interesting, a lot of fun. Um, my back, I'm someone who really enjoys sports, particularly basketball. So it was fun to kind of get to combine those two interests. Uh, and that one taught me a lot about looking for stories, you know, particularly when you're covering sports, right? Every game basically has the same outcome. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn to look for the, what's, what was interesting about that particular game or the event that I was covering. What was the angle that made it unique or interesting? So that really taught me to look for, you know, the human interest story. Um, you know, writing, being a parenting columnist taught me a lot about you know being relatable to an audience you know I had to think for that one particularly you know who's reading this column it was very different than probably the audience that was reading my my articles about basketball games you know there's probably some overlap there people like me who are both parents and basketball fans um, but it was a different kind of audience so that one taught me a lot about thinking about my audience and how to reach my audience and to write in a different kind of style than just covering a game um, and then being a communications director now in the role that I'm in now I'm often writing sort of things that other people might say. 
uh, you know, speeches and that kind of thing. So it, it teaches me to listen for voice and to kind of adjust my style to, to pick up how other people talk and you sort of adjust for depending on who you're writing for. So all of those things have kind of helped me learn different skills as a, as a writer, for sure. Uh, and then of course, fiction, it's its own, it's its own world, but you know, I draw in all these things that I've learned from, from journalism and from other styles of writing as well. And so how was that transition like for you going into the publishing world and becoming a published uh, book author? It was, I mean, it's different in a lot of ways in that publishing is a long game. <laughs> you know, it's not like a newspaper where you write an article and you send it to your editor and it's in print the next day. Uh, it's, it's a much longer timeline for sure. Um, you know, you, you query, you send things out. I went the route where I found a literary agent uh, and then, you know, then you go on submission to publishers. There's lots of back and forth in terms of edits and things like that. And it's a process that, you know, beginning to end for a book takes a couple of years uh, in some cases. So uh, certainly learning, you know, patience, learning to manage different projects at different times, because, you know, by the time one book's coming out, you're working on your next book, or you could be in edits on another book. So you've got kind of, you're juggling multiple things at a time. So it's a different, different pace, I guess, is, is the biggest thing. And of course, the projects are longer too. You know, most articles or columns that I would write would be, you know, maybe a thousand words tops and a book is, you know, 60,000 words. So the, the scope, of course, is very different as well. So you have written two different books titled Thanks a Lot Universe and Let the Monsters Out. Can you tell us a little bit more about the inspirations behind the books? Sure. So my first book, Thanks a Lot Universe, it's um, sort of a realistic contemporary uh, novel. It's about two boys, Brian and Ezra. They're both in the seventh grade. Um, Brian's going through some really hard times uh, with his family and Ezra notices and wants to help, but he also has a crush on Brian and he's not sure he wants to just admit that yet in, in the seventh grade. Um, so this is one, you know, it, it's certainly not autobiographical by any stretch, but it's one where I did draw on some of my own life experiences. You know, I didn't go through anything quite as rough as Brian did, but I did have a period of just a lot of kind of upheaval when I was about Brian's age and when I was 12, 13, where we moved quite a bit and things were just felt unstable for a while as a kid. Um, and so I drew on some of those feelings for Brian. And then, you know, I, I relate to Ezra as well as somebody who, you know, um, would have crushes on other guys in my class and wasn't sure what to do with that at the time you know, growing up in the 90s particularly uh things were a bit different for me back then than they are today so you know drew on some of those feelings and experiences as well um let the monster out is a very different book it's uh it's it's more sort of speculative it's got some some spooky elements uh it's about a boy named bones malone who moves to a small town uh, he's one of the only black families in town. And then soon after he gets there, strange things start happening. His mom starts acting different. Uh, and then he and his brother share a nightmare at the same time. And this starts happening to other kids. So it's it's got that more kind of almost Stranger Things vibe to it. Uh, you know, strange things happening in a small town. Um, and this is one, you know, obviously not quite as based in, in real life. Uh, but I drew from, again, there's a little bit of the Gordon Corman influence in terms of like, ensemble cast, uh, kids working together, uh, and then also just, you know, drew on some of my favorite, you know, I always liked those kind of like the E.T. and the Goonies and those kind of movies where a group of kids has to figure something out, usually before the adults do. So it was a, a, a different one, a really fun one, but I got to dive into some some bigger themes on that one as well. 
And when it comes to writing a book, how did you tackle these two different projects? Was the writing process the same for both or a little bit different? Um, a little bit different. I find every project I kind of have to approach in its own way. I wish I could discover like the perfect magic, magic formula. Maybe that works for other people, but hasn't quite worked for me yet. Um, I will say they were both similar in that, you know, they were both books where I started one way and then, so they both have kind of dual point of view. Um, you know, the first book, Thanks a Lot Universe, is alternating, like one chapter is Brian, one chapter is Ezra. And um, Let the Monster Out isn't quite the same, but you know, there's Bones, but there's also chapters from Kyle, um, who becomes Bones' best friend over the course of the book. Uh, and in both books, you know, I kind of started from a singular point of view and then realized this other character really had something important to add to the story. So they both kind of grew into dual point of view stories. So in that way, they were similar that I found myself kind of branching out, not just through the eyes of one character, but through two characters. In your most recent novel, what part of the book did you have the hardest time writing? There's a scene, I think the one of the most challenging parts was really getting into Kyle's perspective because he's a kid who he knows he's neurodivergent he thinks he's autistic but he doesn't have a diagnosis yet so you know I really had to do a lot of work to kind of dig into Kyle's perspective and and write those chapters in a way that you know were humanizing and did him justice when it's something that's outside of my own experience you know I have an autistic kid that I've learned a lot from and I've done a lot of research and being a parent but I'm not autistic. So, you know, I had to really try my best to, to do that, that perspective justice. And, uh, you know, I got lots of advice from, from readers and things, and I hope I, I did it well, but that certainly was a, a challenge in, in trying to put myself in the, in someone else's shoes in that regard, which, you know, every writer does. That's just basically what fiction is, is putting yourself yeah. in someone else's shoes. But in this case, it was really important for me to try to do that really as, as well as I could. And I think you talked a bit about this a bit, but how did you find your voice in your writing and hone in your craft? A lot of reading, a lot of observing what I enjoyed in other books, but also just, yeah, I think part of it was giving myself permission uh, to find my voice. You know, I, I'm of African descent uh, and I didn't read a lot of books growing up written by people who look like me. Um, and so, you know, I started kind of emulating some of my favorite white writers as a kid, as I think a lot of people do. Um, and it took me a while to really find my voice and realize that I had a unique kind of perspective to tell. So some of that just came through trial and error. Uh, some of it came through, I guess, figuring out how to give myself permission to be different and to write differently, which I think every writer has to do in their own way as well. What would you love for your readers to take away from both of your novels? I hope they enjoy them, first of all. Uh, you know, I think that's the most important thing that they come away thinking, oh, that was a, a good story. I like that. And I hope to read more from this author. Uh, that's always the goal. But, you know, I think, I think both of them, again, they're very different stories, but they both have a thread about learning to trust the people around us and, you know, building sort of friendships and community. Brian and Ezra have to do that together in the first book. And Bones has to learn to trust some of the kids on his baseball team in this new town in his second book. So I think they both have that thread of, you know, we can't always do it on our own. And sometimes we need other people. And I'm also curious to know how you came up with your book covers. What was that process like? Yeah, so my publisher brought in a couple of different um, artists. So there's different artists for the two covers. 
Uh, and in both cases, you know, they asked my opinion on, you know, they gave me samples of, of some of the artists and thought what I thought of their styles. And then of course the artists took the book away and read them and, and uh, then would present some sketches and I'd get to give feedback on, on what I thought. And both artists, I thought uh, it was Nick Blanchard on Thanks a Lot Universe uh, and Ashanti Fortson on Let the Monster Out. And they both just came up with some ideas that I thought were really surprising. I love the the cover of Thanks a Lot Universe. I don't have it with me. I'm not at home with a book handy, but you know, it's Brian's kind of facing one way and Ezra's upside down on the other side. And it's just a really unique eye-catching cover. And I, I it's not an idea that would have come to me naturally because I'm not an artist, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wow, I love that. Um, and then Ashanti Fortson on Let the Monster Out did a great job of bringing out kind of the spooky elements of the book. There's this broken glass and reflections of different nightmares popping up in in the, the shards of glass. And again, I was like, wow, that's I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's really cool. So uh, I, I in both cases, you know, I kind of turned it over to the artists and trust the artists. But I, I was lucky enough to be able to give some feedback in the process. But it was a really, really fun process. So if you have any writer's block or not feeling creative, what are some things that you do to help you get through that? I'm a, a runner, sort of a casual runner. I don't like run like actual races or anything like that. But I find for me getting out for a run uh, helps kind of spur those juices. You know, I'll just put on some music or something. Um, sometimes I just have to let things sit. Like I find I, you know, I might get stuck. I might need to just put it down and maybe read something else or just kind of try to take my mind off it for a day or two. And then sometimes I find I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and I've got an idea all of a sudden. Uh, it tends to happen that way sometimes. And then there are times you just kind of have to put your butt in the chair and try to try to fight through it and, you know, fight that inertia and try to get on a roll. So, you know, there's no kind of one perfect answer, but those are some of the things that, that help me out. And what is something you have learned throughout this whole journey? Big things I've learned is that writing really does take a community. You know, we tend to think of it as a kind of a solitary thing where you go off and you hopefully do your nice quiet cabin in the woods and you <laughs> write your book. Uh, but, you know, there's so many people who help out along the way, whether it's people who read and give feedback as you're going through drafts. You know, if you're lucky enough to reach the stage of being published or having an agent, you know, your editor and your agent. Uh, are important parts of, of the puzzle and, and learning to take feedback from people is is really big as well. Um, you know, learning to say, you know, I'm on the right track, but I don't know about this piece and or, you know, just listening to ideas from your editor or your agent or trusted friends who are reading your book for you. So, yeah, that's a big piece of it is, is just um, building that community, I guess, or finding that community to, to help you on your journey. Because it can be, you know, like I said, it's, it can be a long journey. It's, it doesn't move quickly. It can be frustrating sometimes. So it's good to find those people, even just to kind of commiserate with sometimes. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. So community is a big part of it. For anyone wanting to become an author, what is a tip that you would give them? Definitely read a lot. Uh, and, you know, maybe that, that sounds obvious, but it, it is really helpful to figure out what you like, what you don't like, um, read some of your favorite books with a critical eye and think, why do I like this so much? What works here? What's, what is it that's drawing me in? I think that's really important. Um, I think the other thing is, and then this is sound almost contradictory, but then to go away and think, what kind of stories do I really want to tell? 
uh, and not necessarily just try to replicate this is what's hot right now or whatever, because that changes. And by the time, again, publishing is a long game. And by the time you finish your piece and you start shipping it around, the market might change. So, you know, learn from other writers, but then figure out what kind of story you really want to tell and, and lean into that, uh, you know, try to discover your own voice and your own. And it starts with what you're passionate about. And I heard one, I forget, I think, I want to say it was A.S. King. I might be misquoting, but I heard someone say, or maybe it was Laura Ruby. Anyway, it was a, it was a well-known writer I respect. I forget exactly which one. Uh, but they, they said they'd often go into classes and ask, what makes you angry? Um, and then they would say, write about that. You know, so, and, and maybe it's just, what are you passionate about? What stirs that thing in you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a good place to start when you're trying to tell a story. What is the thing that gets you fired up or gets you excited or, or boils your blood and makes you angry? But, but start with that. Find out what you're passionate about and try to make a story out of that. You are also a musician and played on the 2008 East Coast Music Award winning album, New Beginnings from artist Chelsea Amber. Um, how, was, how has music impacted your life? Yeah, music's certainly been a big part of my life. Um, in ebbs and flows, it changes sometimes. So, you know, I've played in different bands and things here and there. But again, it's one of those creative outlets for me. And that's another one too. Sometimes if I get stuck writing, I'll just go sit at the piano for a while. And it's, you know, using different creative, uh, I guess a different creative part of my brain. But uh, music certainly ha- has been important to me. It tends to show up. Well, it showed up in my first book, uh, for sure, in the character of Ezra. Um, but yeah, it's certainly something that's, that's been another important outlet for me throughout my life. And, you know, I, am someone who tends to listen to music while I'm writing and draw inspiration from music as well, even as a writer. So to you, what does all, all of this mean? Being an author and being able to make an impact through your writing? It has been really cool being able to go out and do like school visits and things and meet kids and teenagers who've read my book and gotten something out of it for sure. That is definitely the best part for me is, you know, seeing that these stories that lived in my head for so long, actually, you know, out in the world and connecting with another reader and having it mean something to them. That's, that's by far the best part of it. So before we end, we have some rapid fire questions to ask. The first question is, what is your favorite color? I would say blue. When are you the happiest? On the beach. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Be yourself, which I know sounds cliche, but, uh, and don't be afraid. If you could have three people dead or alive for dinner, who would it be? A big fan of the writer Colson Whitehead. He would be one. I will say Malcolm X. And who would my third be? Um, Ida B. Wells, who is a, a journalist, uh, African or African American female journalist, who was really influential. So, yeah. Um, what is a song that you have on repeat currently? Church Girls by Beyonce. Really like that one. Great, al- whole album's great, but Church Girls is my current favorite. What do you want your legacy to be? Maybe that I help spur a little bit of hope for people. What is a book that you have recently read or currently reading that you would recommend? I am right now reading with my 13-year-old Amari and the Great Game, which is a sequel to Amari and the Night Brothers uh, by B.B. Alston. It's a, a series about a 
girl who discovers that she's a magician. Uh, it's got like supernatural boarding school kind of vibes. Uh, really fun series. So yeah, really enjoying that. I highly recommend the Amari books. Thank you so much, Chad. We learned a lot about you. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to sit down with us and talk. Can you let everyone at home know about any upcoming projects and where they could connect with you? Sure. Uh, my website is chadlucaswrites.com. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Chad G.A. Lucas. And uh, my next project that I'm working on, uh, I'm in sort of the editing stage now, is a sequel to my first book. Uh, so that's going to be called You Owe Me One Universe. And that's coming out in fall 2023. So keep your eyes out for that. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much. We really enjoyed this. Um, thank you pleasure. so much. This was a lot of fun. Did you enjoy this episode? I'm sure you did. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at MyGlendellLAC. And follow us on Spotify and Apple or anywhere where you get your podcast from at Team Gen Talks the podcast. Also, make sure to give us a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Glenville Library Arts and Culture, where we post the full episode videos every Friday at 4.30 p.m.